0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of Overthinking with KD. I'm Caitlin Dendis, the KD, and this is my first time sitting down to record this podcast that came into fruition a couple weeks ago while I was listening to other podcasts trying to get inspiration and change my mindset. Because a little about me, I am a 21-year-old Caucasian heterosexual woman. I know those aren't true important characteristics of who I am, but I do want you to have some understanding of the unconscious impact that those three categories have on my thinking and where I'm coming from and a little, a little insight into the life I've lived and where my perspective comes from. Um, Like I said, I'm a 21 year old and I just graduated from college this year, 2022. I graduated with my bachelor's of science in environmental science and management with a concentration in planning and policy and a journalism minor. So I feel like my journalism was going to come in handy with this. It actually helped me create the cover of this podcast. And I, while going through school, I was a student athlete playing softball collegiately. Um, I'm currently living still in Northern California, but I am soon to be moving to Oregon at the end of this month, actually. July 2022 to get my master's degree and I have a broad interest and passion for health and wellness which is kind of the reason why I've decided to start a podcast and I would describe my definition of health and wellness to be pretty broad because I believe health and wellness is intersectional to a lot more other aspects to life like physical fitness diet mental health but also your socioeconomics and religion i see health and wellness to be broad and that's kind of where i see this podcast going and just a little bit of more of an understanding of i would describe this as a health and wellness podcast that's what i'm into that's what i'm passionate about but i wouldn't I have it narrowed down to where we're going to be just talking about like um hitting the gym and like diet culture and fitness culture. I have a like I said as a student athlete, I have an array of ideas that I want to present. And with that, I mentioned in my background um I played softball and for about 16 years of my life I was an athlete playing softball, and then for four years specifically, I was a college athlete getting my degree. And so I have lived through the trials and tribulations of both travel ball, high school ball, and four years of college softball. And I want to share my experience and the lessons learned from playing collegiately. Both to share my story, my experiences, the lessons I learned, not only for young athletes and current athletes or um, even just myself, really, I guess, in a couple of years to hear my take on it. Because like I mentioned, I just graduated, so I just actually finished playing softball. I am now technically a retired student athlete, a retired softball player. So I'm still trying to mull over myself and understanding and just learning from it. Cause this podcast is called overthinking with KD because I am an overthinker. I like to dissect and just make meaning of things, thoughts, lessons to find, I find value in my life experiences. And I like to interpret them and I guess dissect. them. And I guess that's where um, my overthinking is a pro and a con. There's definitely some benefit to it. But there's also some downside, which I would love to talk about um, in a future episode. Because I know I'm not the only one out there. And I know for sure I'm probably not the only athlete out there. Um, and I would love to talk about how um, overthinking has impacted me as an athlete and how I was able to um, successfully navigate that and continue to play and enjoy the game as someone that overthinks. And thinking back on my last four years playing collegiately, um, I have formulated a list of about 10 tips for a college athlete And now you know a little bit more about me. Um, I want to go into that 10 because, like I mentioned, I'm mulling over and I'm kind of... I guess healing would be a good place to start. Or um, I guess it's more of um, a chapter ending, like a summary at the end of a chapter because I am closing a 16-year chapter. So I guess this is my brief and consolidated list of 10 tips or something that I learned, stuff that I tried myself and I found helpful, or just overall. And it's not necessarily um, specific to a sport. It's definitely a list of 10 um, tips for college athletes from more of a mental side. And it's a mental that also impacts the physical for sure, because it's definitely, like they say, uh, 80% mental and 20% physical, and I definitely believe that's true. Probably even a little less than that math. It's probably like 95 mental and 5% physical. But before we start, um, I want to take a little break, get some water. As I drink some water, I want to remind you to get some water. Make sure to stop and think, have I had any water today? And if not, go ahead and pause this. Get up and go get some. Hydration is definitely key, not only for an athlete, just overall health. It keeps the body um, lubricated and thinking and moving. So as I said, we'll take a break stretch out a little bit too, because we're going in now to our first subject of 10 tips for a college athlete from a retired athlete, and we're going to start off, there's no like particular order for these, it's just how they came to my brain, and that's actually um, a point I want to make is that most of these episodes or how I structure this is I have a little bit of structure to it. Like obviously I ran out a 10. They're not just going to be coming to me on the whim. But um, overall, it's kind of a free flowing, just how my brain is thinking um, structure to this. And so for number one, I got no particular order, but this is definitely... A good one to start because it also has some resources outside of it is to think neutrally and if you've never heard of that um the neutral thinking is coined by trevor Mawad, um a late author and mental coach he actually works worked with uh, russell wilson in the nfl he was a mental conditioning coach that really push the idea of neutral thinking so there's the spectrum of there's positive thinking and then there's negative thinking and in the middle ground is going to be the neutral where you're not leaning to one side or the other because Trevor I what aligned my style and what Trevor Mulad was presenting as a neutral thinker is life's gonna happen the way you interpret it and the way you talk to yourself because one quote that always stuck with me is the fact that he pointed out that you're always talking to yourself you will talk to yourself way more in your life than you will ever come close to talking to someone else you from even if you don't think you're talking to yourself you thinking about do i talk to yourself is you currently Posing that question to yourself, no matter if you think it's a little crazy, which I do believe it sounds a little crazy, of like, I don't talk to myself, but then you step back and think of like, yeah, like literally everything that goes on internally in your head is you talking to yourself, you thinking to yourself. So it comes to this point of, well, are you talking to yourself positively or are you talking to yourself negatively? And sometimes with that spectrum, if you can imagine like a, um, actual scale in front of you with neutral, with positive on one side and negative on the other, there's gonna be those ups and downs and one's gonna be higher than the other. There's no true good balance. It's so hard to find that balance with leaning one way or the other. If you lean more towards positive, you'll always have more positive. But life's not always positive. The way you want to react is not always going to be positive. And there's going to be those negative days. So instead of having one always higher than the other and going up and down, it's where you find the middle of neutral. And instead of being having a mindset of talking to yourself or seeing a situation in a negative way, um, for example, from an athlete point of view um obviously I mentioned I played softball so more of my athlete examples more of my sport examples will be more correlated to that but say you're having a bad day at the play instead of thinking negatively and talking down on yourself you kind of just go with okay this is not the best day I'm having but it's not the whole story this one game this one at bat So you strike out the first at bat of the game. Neutral thinking would take it to, okay, that was a bad at bat. You see it for what it is, but you don't allow it to be the whole day. You move on and you get to have two more. And that's where neutral is. But if you stayed in that negative, you'd be consumed by that one strikeout. And you would let that impact the next two. And a positive would be so hard. To come from that situation, like how do you come from a strikeout and have a positive mindset? You know you'd be stuck in that negative. So that's where the neutral is more of a mindset to help you see it for what it is, acknowledge it. It's not ignoring what happened, but acknowledging it, but not allowing it to be the whole story. Um, another quote from Trevor that always comes to mind for me is your past is not your prologue. Uh, it's not the beginning of your story and it's not the end and it's not the whole story your past is something you're learning from experiencing from but it's not who you are if you want to take that to another sport metaphor of what you did last season is not the athlete you are this season or the next season or the current moment neutral is just see for what it is it was your present moment but now it's your past moment but it's not your future moment so i would highly recommend checking out more of trevor Mowat's stuff he has two books out um the first one he ever re- writ, writ, writ the first one he ever um wrote was it takes what it takes and that's the first one i read and i highly recommend it i read it twice now and i'm going over it again just to find the quotes that i like because i am a quote person i love to have them on hand or just ones that stick with me um and i've also listened to it to an audible so i know there's different versions of it out there you can get paperback card back. if you're not a reader there's the audible but he also came out with another one this year getting called getting to neutral which i have not read yet but it is on my um amazon book wish list so i will be diving into that but if you're more of a podcast person i actually found trevor Malad for my dad he sent this to me i think three years ago oh, not even 2019 podcast by um short story long uh, produced by chris or aka drama in their short story long um they trevor MOAD had an interview, and it was the importance of mindset, and so you can find that on Apple Podcasts if you want to jump into that. That's where I first got an understanding of what Trevor MOAD preached, taught, and just the stories he had. I definitely find he's a valuable resource, especially if you want to change your mindset to neutral. He also had another um, podcast with um, short story long in twenty twenty. After he released, it takes what it takes. So if you want to listen to that as well, it's also on Apple Podcast. Um, I think I started with it takes what it takes first. I listened to that and then I read the book and then I went back to his, um, pre-book release in twenty nineteen. But I don't feel like there was any particular order. But if you're more of a podcast, I would start there and then go into his books. Um, either reading or on audible so that is number one is getting an understanding of neutral thinking or a thinking that doesn't have a scale of tipping it side to side and impacting your emotions you're we're gonna have emotions they're gonna come and flow but they don't have to be the end all be all so my number one tip is to find neutral thinking um, and Trevor Millat is the resource for that to get a better understanding and how to accomplish that because it's definitely not simple. Um, number two is having outlets. As a college athlete there is a lot going on as you've probably heard everyone hears about the 6am weights and then the running after and then the practice and then you have to go to class and then sometimes you have to do study hall And then sometimes you have to go back in to practice and then you have classes and then you have homework. And then on top of that, you need to have a social life and you need to have time to yourself, but you're also in college so you're out partying and you're just, you're on your own for the first time. Most people, um, is you're out without mom and dad or whoever you lived with at home, your guardian it's your first time really being an adult. People will people love to say that this isn't real adulthood and it probably isn't and I'm learning it's it wasn't now that I've graduated but for it feels like it and i um, there's no reason to not validate that feeling and that um idea and just that that it is adulthood. It's not it basically it's adulthood with training wheels. Let's just put it like that there's no point in undervaluing or uh, unvalidating that idea because i've been there i felt it and i hate it when people are like that's not adulthood and i'm like yeah but it is for me right now like this is what i'm living so adulthood with training wheels it's a lot especially as a student and athlete so having other outlets other than your sport is ideal and i found this is a list that i kind of used myself is journaling to have an outlet where I'm writing it down because I am a big believer in writing Um, I love to write so for me that meant journaling and just I have three journals I actually cycle through which seems like a lot and it probably is but it was just a way that I was able to have an outlet for myself of one of just free-flowing again I'm an overthinker so one of just I actually had some thought and analyzed behind it. And then another one that I kind of kept the dated the day. And I had, it was more for gratitude and affirmation and intentions for my life, but to have a journal. So it's you writing to yourself basically. And that same idea that we had earlier of you're always talking to yourself is might as well put those thoughts down to paper And maybe you'll even see some pattern or some idea behind it or catch yourself being really down on yourself because now you're visually seeing what you're saying to yourself. So one of the outlets is definitely journaling. I found it was sometimes a little bit easier because talking to people, you never really know how they're going to be interpreted and you're not really flowing freely most of the time even if it is someone you trust and are really close with, there is still some little hesitation because of judgment or saying the wrong thing or it going to someone else. So I found journaling was a outlet that had no judgment behind it once I moved on from my own and just let it go. And it's more open and less critical. And I was less critical for myself. But speaking of friends, obviously you have your teammates, um, your coaches, other athletes, but I would definitely recommend finding friends outside of sport. Someone that you can talk to that has no idea about what's going on or who those people are and there's no um, there's no hypocrisy behind it. They're just someone that cares enough to listen and if you can find friends outside of sport that care enough to listen and want to know either if you want to talk about your sport or not um it's just great to have friends outside of your team outside outside of athletics so if you can find that through a club through your major through your classes if you're incoming freshman um someone in your dorm uh, your sweet mate Just to find someone outside so you can have an outlet to talk to outside of the sport. Um, Along with friends outside is to talk to family, whoever that may be for you. Um, Just always keep in contact with them. Obviously, it's hard to do. I've been there. I learned the hard way (laughs) my freshman year. Uh, It took me a little while to get a routine into like, oh, I've gone two months and I haven't reached out to my family I need to get better about that. And so it's just a balance you'll find, but definitely make sure you're still reaching out to them. You don't want to just assume that they know you're doing well. You want to still call them, text, or even sometimes send a letter or a Snapchat, whatever it may be, but stay in contact with family because they are definitely an outlet and a support system that you will definitely want to lean on to especially in season um, and then again if it's not family it's friends or whoever that support system is now or whatever support system you build in at school um, like I mentioned with friends outside meeting them through clubs um, another outlet is to join clubs or to go to school events to learn about what's going on outside of sports because there's so much more going on outside of sports there's theater there's other departments even your own department depending on your majors holding events and you'll find people of somewhat like-mindedness because obviously you'd be in the same major or if you have um a journaling i i'm pretty sure the school I, the, there was a club for bullet journaling, and I'm a bullet journaling, so I wish I had joined that. But it's something like that of, like, you have a side passion or a side idea or something you like to do for fun. It's always even more fun to um, find people that enjoy it, too. So join a club or go to attend school events. But like I mentioned, with bullet journaling, that would be a hobby. So have some hobbies. It's definitely something that you have to slowly find if you haven't already oh, i uh, i was into coloring my freshman year i definitely was but then my sophomore year i was so bored of it so maybe you're someone that finds a hobby every year every semester whatever it may be you already have hobbies that you love i would definitely recommend having hobbies outside of your sport something to do on the side that is not super demanding and it's just more fun and time for you to relax um, spend time with yourself or on your own something you can do on your own or even something you can do with outside with your new friends that you've created in your club or your classes but I would have some hobbies to keep you occupied or just to have some time off and even if you consider that hobby um, some self-care i definitely would consider my coloring and my bullet journaling um, self-care so number two was having some outlets whatever that may be journaling friends outside the sport um, family whatever that may look like for you clubs school events and hobbies and number three is to have healthy habits and that can look like an array of things but the list that i kind of curated based off of my experience was healthy habits and being a good diet um something that is feeling for you i'm not going to go into like specifics of like diet specifically, but I guess it's more along the lines of make sure you're eating, don't undereat. You are burning so many calories as a student athlete. You're way above the average person's calorie because you are burning so much. You are doing so much physically. And on top of that, you're going to class, you're going to school. So make sure you're eating my main takeaway for a good diet is to don't undereat, and if that means you need to go talk to a nutritionist or your um a physical therapist or if you have a coach on staff that has a degree in that or has um, expertise in that or even a teammate i found that my teammates that are kinese majors are the best outlet to go to because it's how beneficial for them because they're learning about it and they're able to teach it and stuff like that. Um, but any resource that you have that can help with that. I know some schools, um, athletic trainers. I know ours presented to us a couple of times and it's valuable information. So basically just educate yourself on what it really takes to eat properly whatever that is for you and because we all have different body types we all have different metabolisms so some calories will be higher than others but find what works for you but my number one is to have a good diet and to not under eat which we can talk about in a future episode about diet especially as a student athlete but another part of having healthy habits is to drink plenty of water which another reminder right now to sip some if you haven't already. Make sure you're getting your water in because we are burning a lot of calories which also means we are losing a lot of water so one of the healthy habits is to stay hydrated. And because staying hydrated is a big part into healthy habit number three which is stretching and foam rolling. The more hydrated you are, the more, um, the muscles, tendons, the parts of the body, the joints, everything can just keep moving and flow in and stay lubricated. I know that's a funny word. I keep wanting to not use it, but it's the only thing that's coming to mind. And it's definitely the best way to describe how water impacts the body and how stretching and foam rolling is way easier when you are hydrated because the everything is just a little bit looser cuz you're already tight from practice from lifting why make it be dehydration too because it's definitely more painful i found that your calves i personally my calves get tight real tight when i'm dehydrated and it's not fun especially when they're already tight from um Lifting, And I found that if you're dehydrated, it's also harder to recover, which just makes a whole cycle of just no fun. There's just no fun when you're not stretching and you're not hydrated and you're not eating because they're all correlated. They all one leads to the other. So overall, these healthy habits are really important because good diet, drinking water, foam rolling and stretching. They go hand in hand, in my opinion. And I'm pretty sure my can teammates or the people that are 100% um, qualified to talk about the human body. Other than my qualification comes from, I lived it. I'm in a human body. I've been there. I've, I actually work in a gym. The gym has been a big part of my life on the side of softball. And for the longest time, I've always been lifting to perform athletically so I would say I have 16 years of experience there and not to toot my own horn but you are listening to a weightlifting all-american so I would say I have some high expertise so those three good diet drinking water consistently not just when you think you're hydrated but pre-hot dehydration carrying around a water bottle all the time and then stretching and foam rolling are three big key factors to not only healthy lifestyle, but also to a well-functioning, and an athlete that's able to recover. And I, it's your, you'll be less injury prone, and you don't, obviously injuries happen, you have no real control, but this is something you do have a little bit of control in, and will go a long way to helping you um, prevent an injury. And then other than those three, I also want to add just healthy habits for your mental. And I find going on walks is something that I really enjoy. And it's time for me because um, it's a good way to go outside to get fresh air. Sometimes you don't really realize, you don't really think about it sometimes because you're such a fast paced lifestyle in college, especially as a student athlete. You I only went outside today to walk from class to class or because practice was outside today but I wasn't really present outside so um, for my mental I found that going on a walk outside whether it be 5 minutes, 10 minutes um, was really beneficial especially if you find a good podcast to listen to and just vibe out with or um, just music or even unplug completely. But one of the, it's a good habit to form is to go on walks or find something that's outside that you enjoy. And then again, like I said, I have three journals, so I'm a big journaler. Um, I highly recommend um, creating a habit to journal. Like I mentioned earlier, one of the the three is more of a day-to-day and it's a gratitude with um, intentions, affirmations that I do day to day obviously I wouldn't say I'm perfect at doing it day to day there's definitely days I could see in the journal that I missed but trying to find a good routine of having that in and if that's you do it in the morning when you first wake up or you find that you're more of an afternoon there's no right or wrong of when to do it or how to do it it's just a good way to put pen to paper and get some thoughts out. Um, and I definitely believe in the manifestation of gratitude, affirmation, and intentions. Because writing it and speaking it into fruition really does have power. Words have power. So I would definitely recommend finding a habit of journal journaling. And before I move on to n- tip number four... I want to iterate that tip two having outlets and tip three having healthy habits. I highly recommend finding ones that work for you and ones that fit into your routine and your lifestyle. Overall, as an athlete, I recommend that they're able to carry over from off season to in season. I found, I actually paid more attention to it this last season, my senior year that I built them and because habits don't just happen overnight and you don't see their impact overnight like you're not going to go to the gym today do 30 crunches and then expect abs later that night or tomorrow you're going to have to keep going to the gym every day or doing those 30 crunches every day to finally see results in probably two to three months like you're not going to see them fast so when it comes to habits they're going to take a little while to build i want to say it's about 30 days to truly say that you've developed that habit but it takes a lot of work to maintain them so i found in my last year specifically because i started to find the true power of habits within the last year is to Build them over the off season. So, for me as a softball player, that was the fall. So, over the fall, I would build them, practice them, keep them up, find what I enjoy, rotate my hobbies through. But I was able to continue journaling through the spring and I was able to continue drinking water, foam rolling, stretching, eating, relatively healthy. Obviously, stuff has to change because your schedule is changing, but I was able to still find them and move them into my season so when it comes to finding outlets and finding healthy habits i would find ones that can be translated in season and out season whatever that may look like or whatever the schedule may look like it's not something you just do during the off season and you forget about come season there is power to keep them going especially if it's journaling or whatever you find to be most beneficial for you mentally and physically. I would find them to be transferable between seasons. And number four, don't go at it alone. Have people to talk to who get college athletics, um, teammates, coaches, athletic trainers, other teams, other athletes on campus, whoever it may be reach out talk to people find people that get it there is so many people there are so many athletes out there even if it's over social media so number four is don't go at it alone talk to people number five when it comes to season trust the work you already did which kind of correlates back into what we just talked about of finding habits and routines that can translate Trust the work you've done. Trust the lifting, trust the hitting, or whatever sport you may be, the shooting practice. Trust the mental work that you did outside. Don't second-guess yourself, which I know is easier said than done and could probably be its own episode in itself. But when it comes to season, trust the process. Trust the work. Trust yourself. Number six... Um, It kind of correlates to have a good diet, Um, something my father has tattooed onto my brain is you can't outwork poor nutrition, which I definitely see nutrition will be a future topic because I know it is hard to come by as a student athlete. Sometimes I felt like my nutrition and eating properly was a part-time job in itself but there's also times where I was like, I'm being too hard on myself, and you can just enjoy it if you want to go. I'm a McDonald's Sprite gal. I love a McDonald's Sprite. And sometimes I would catch myself being harsh on myself of being like, Well, you should just be drinking water. But I wanted it because that's what I was craving. I am a human being and all be all before I am a student athlete. So I'm going to enjoy it. So I will definitely be we will definitely be talking about diet but number six I want everyone to know that is tattooed on my brain and should be on yours it's just a reminder you can't outwork poor nutrition no matter what goal you have set in the gym it's not gonna come in if you're not eating right at the same time and if you're again under eating so we will definitely be coming back to this but just A good quote I want to have out there is, you can't outwork poor nutrition. Number seven, know your worth. You are more than the stats, and you are more than the playing time. This one hits a little differently. It's more of a mental tip that I found, and I still, even when I'm thinking about my playing time, or I'm thinking about my career as a college athlete or my career overall, I keep thinking about my stats. And I'm like, but that's not, that's not what I am. Like I'm more than that. And you are, especially if you're playing a team sport, you have such a big impact on your teammates if you know it or not. You have an impact on everyone you touch, especially your teammates or the teams you play or the people you compete with um, inside and outside the field, on the court, whatever it may be. And at the end of the day, you are more than the game. You are more than the jersey you put on. So number seven is just to know your worth as a human being, as an individual, not as a student athlete, not as an athlete. You are way more than that. And I want you to remind yourself that day in and day out. Because I know I sure am. am I'm technically a retired athlete. And I'm still reminding myself that I'm more than that. I was more than that. And my worth isn't valued by my career as an athlete. It wasn't valued like that. It was valued as who I am, what I've done as an individual, not as like my accomplishments, but what I've done to how I've talked to other people, I guess, is more what I'm trying to get at is how I've interacted with people and the um, relationships I've been able to build or the lessons I've learned from other people. But number seven, end all be all, know your worth. Know that you are valued from family members to friends to classmates to co-workers, the list is on and on. But you are valuable no matter your stat or your playing time. Know your worth because you are worthy. Number eight, play the game because you love it. You started this game, you're the sport whatever it may be, from whatever age it may be. It might have been recently. might have been a long time ago. It might have been since the day you learned how to walk. For me, it was 16 years. I I played the game because I loved it. I'm fortunate enough that I never had an experience where someone made me not love it. And they've definitely... I've had... I'm not saying I've, I haven't had my... Trials and tribulations with teammates or instances or coaches. I definitely have. But I would say I was able to maintain that love of the game, and my love of the game was able is strong and was strong enough is strong enough to withstand that and to continue that. So I can't really speak to losing that feeling, but I have seen teammates and I have talked to teammates that have, and. Obviously, I can't speak to that, but I want you to know, like, if you have lost that feeling, there's nothing wrong with walking away with it. Um, even if there's people in your life, I know I've seen it myself with teammates that don't love it, but their parents keep pushing them to do it. You've got to have the courage to tell them that you don't want it because at the end of the day, you're the one living that. It's your life if you don't want to play then you don't have to if you still have a liking for the game you can always still have it around um college world series was just gone you could be watching that you can volunteer there's definitely programs want need would love volunteers anyone that has a love for the game but they don't want to play it there are so many ways to still be around it, even if you don't love it enough to play it or if you just don't have that drive, inkling, whatever it may be. If it's not fitting into who you want to be currently, and it's okay. And you don't have to walk away 100%. I had teammates that I know from Travel Ball that played for a year, took some time off from it, But found that they still loved the game. So they came back. There's no one path. There's no right or wrong. Just follow your feeling and your heart of what it is. Um, So number eight, play the game because you love it. And if you have to walk away, you can walk away. No one's, again, like connects to number seven of know your worth you are more than an athlete you are more than a student athlete do what you will with that but just know that we have your back there is no right or wrong if you want to walk away you want to volunteer you want to play professionally you want to play slow pitch obviously i'm thinking more softball i'm not thinking about all sport and all will be all. Play the game because you love it, not because you think other people want you to play it. Because it will not be enjoyable. 6 a.m. waits will not be enjoyable if you don't love the game. Number nine. Moving on. Number nine. Enjoy it no matter what it is, no matter what your playing time is, no matter injured, uninjured. Obviously, injury is a lot harder to enjoy. But enjoy the people you're around. You're still a part of a team. You're still part of um, an athletic department. You're still representing your university, your school. So enjoy it. As someone that has just finished, it really does. When they say it goes by quickly, it really does. I always hated when people said that. And now I'm one of those that are saying it because it's so true. Four years have come and by for me and My 16 years have come by and I'm no longer playing the sport like that. You might see me in a couple years playing slow pitch. But for now, I am not playing. And so I highly recommend, highly emphasize, enjoy it. Enjoy the time on the field. Enjoy the competition of the weight room. Enjoy having teammates. Enjoy going to the parties with teammates. Enjoy enjoy it all as much as you can and don't let playing time or um what happens on the field dictate that um we can go into um I can talk about this later about um having teammates and balancing that because that's definitely something that isn't really talked about and I would love to talk about as someone that has played 16 years so That's a lot of teammates I've had, especially collegiately. There's a whole new balance to teammates because like I mentioned earlier, this is adulthood with the training wheels. So there's a lot going on in individual lives. But um we can talk about I could talk about that in another episode. But end all end all be all number nine. Enjoy it because the years come and go. And you never know, I am someone that went through my sophomore year. Yeah, my 2020 season was cut short, obviously with um, coronavirus, global pandemic came through, cut my sophomore season short, and then made my junior season really strange because we played, but it wasn't actually a normal season because we were still having to isolate, test, workout and pod so like we were cut into like small groups so enjoy it for what it is um enjoy every moment of it because um like i experienced i had a normal freshman year and then i didn't have another normal year until senior year and i wouldn't even consider those normal who even knows what normal is so enjoy the moments you have Enjoy it for what it is, because it does go by fast. Um, number 10. Other than, I guess let me review of number one was neutral thinking. Find a mindset that works for you. I highly recommend and encourage neutral thinking. Number two, have outlets outside of sport. Whether it be journaling, friends outside of athletics, family, clubs, school events, or hobbies. Number three, having healthy habits that you can have in season and outside of season. Which include um, physical, like a diet, drinking water, stretching, foam rolling, um, actively recovering. And some habits, mental, whatever you may find. Of I recommend going on walks and journaling. Number four, don't go out. Don't go at this alone. Have a support system, whatever it may be. Reach out to people either inside, outside of sport, um, whoever that may be for you. Number five, when it comes to season, trust the work you already did. Um, Trust the process. Number six, um, you cannot at work poor nutrition, which we'll come back to, but I just can't emphasize it enough no matter what you can't outwork it number seven know your worth because you are more than your stats and your playing time and the jersey you put on you are more than a student athlete number eight play the game because of your love for it no matter if you have to remind yourself of the love of it if you falter on it a little bit You're here, you're playing the sport because you love it and either the little girl or the little boy or whoever, whatever stage you picked up that bat or you started playing that sport, they loved it. And so you're playing for that continuous love you have for the game. And number nine, enjoy it because the years come and go. Enjoy every minute, whether it be the good, the bad, go at it with an open mind and try and make as many memories as you can and number 10 is with all those accumulating is to just be you there is only you there is no other person like you you are unique and important and so valuable no matter what role you may play I know there's a lot, especially at the college level where you are told to know your role because roles change. Coming from travel ball, coming from high school and going into college athletics, going onto a collegiate team, you are all good. Everyone is good. Everyone has something they're really good at on the field, off the field, whatever they may bring to the program or whatever the coach saw from them is a valuable aspect to the overall team and the overall camaraderie, familyhood, sisterhood, if you're on a brotherhood, whatever it may be. Each person has value no matter how good they are. And so when it comes to the saying of know your role, it's gonna change. You may come in as someone that has always played You've always had playing time no matter what it was. But there might be someone better or there might be someone that's fitting the role of that position or that need for the team right then and there or that season in particular. Or it might even be they have experience because they are the fifth year senior because of COVID. Whatever it may be, your role might not be playing. It might be sitting. It might be redshirting you have to adapt to that because you are still valuable like uh, we mentioned earlier like know your worth know your value not just as an athlete but as an individual as a teammate you are more than the playing time so when it comes down to it be true to who you are because the other stuff doesn't matter it matters of how you are talking to other people the relationships you're making with other people and who you are being as an individual and as a human being, as a person. it's You are more impactful by the choices you make, the words you say and the actions you take versus the at-bat that you had or the, um, again, the playing time you did or didn't have. If you're I, I, for example, I'm thinking about the gym of my freshman year. I saw very little playing time. I want to say off the top of my head, it was probably like 10 at-bats. But I had a senior later that year come up to me and be like, to, to, and told me as a freshman who wasn't playing, but she was, was, she said, thank you. She said, thank you for pushing me in the weight room because even though obviously this is more my interpretation now but even though i wasn't playing and we weren't competing 100 percent for that time because at that point she she earned that time but i was still competing with her and i was still pushing her to be better and she was pushing me to be better because i end all be all i had that drive and i obviously everyone wants to play you are always competing for that playing time always trying to outwork them out trying to be out on that field but she said because we are able to have that healthy competitive relationship of pushing each other in the gym and holding each other accountable not just because we not it wasn't that unhealthy competition of i was just focusing on myself but because i was helping her pushing her it came down to just us being good teammates to each other and wanting the best for each other she wanted me to succeed and I wanted her to succeed and we dogged it out for playing time she got it because of she was just better at the time whatever it was she was older whatever rhyme or reasoning you're never really gonna know Uh, like another point to it is when it comes to college athletics, you'll never really be able to make sense of the coach's decision, and it's not your responsibility to understand. And it's there's really no point into understanding it. It's obviously hard, especially when it comes to a situation when you're not playing or you are redshirting, and you're like comparing yourself, which we can get into another episode of overthinking and comparing. It's definitely something that um, held me back, and holds a lot of athletes back is the cycle of comparing and trying to make sense of decisions that you have no control over. Again, the only control you have is the healthy habits you make, the routines you have, the outlets you form, and who you are as a person and who you choose to be as a teammate, as an individual, and how you decide to value your own worth, which again, like I mentioned at the very beginning, my whole goal for this podcast is health and wellness. But I don't see it as black and white, where it's this or that. It is intersectional to way more. It's to how you talk to yourself, um, how you think, which is why I value neutral thinking. It's the routines you make day to day, month to month, year to year. How you set goals, which um we could talk about in another episode, is goal setting and how that correlates to being an athlete and as a person. But Everything is intersectional and it is one impacts the other, even if you don't see it right away, even if you never see it. It's just that understanding that it is there and it does connect because the connections are what make you who you are. And they make the growth that you make and the future that you may hold. I know I'm getting a little off. So I'm not really sure where that was going. I, I'm i imagining like a spider web in my head. So that's kind of where my thinking was. Is It is all connected. So yeah, I guess if you're imagining a spider web, that's kind of where my brain is at. And that is the 10 tips I have as a, like I mentioned, a retired student athlete. And that's kind of where I want to be leading into as I launch this podcast in the next couple of episodes is that's what I was living for the last 16 years. And that's where I have, I see my own value in it. And I'm not going to gatekeep what I've learned might be valuable for incoming college athletes or just athletes in general or current college athletes. So this is where I lead today with 10 tips that I have formulated and that I find all to be intersectional and correlate. And overall, my number one takeaway is tip number 10. Know yourself. Know your worth. And just be a good person off the field and on the field. And with that, I'm going to leave today. Make sure you're drinking your water. Make sure you're moving. And let me know if this was helpful. Um, what you want to see in next episodes. Thank you for sticking this out with me. Um, I will, this is my first one. I'm learning and growing. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little. This was a little uncomfortable. I'm basically talking to myself, but giving it some value and not undermining my experience and my own worth, which I will remind myself of as I post this. But thank you again for listening, and thank you for sticking with me. Um, This was the first episode of Overthinking with KD. Uh, I hope you found some valuable lessons. Maybe change some perspective, learned something, started to question yourself. But for now, I'm going to sign off. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.